Well, good morning, Stone Creek. How are we doing this morning? Y'all doing good? We alive? All right, good, good, good. My name's Sean. I'm the student pastor here. If we haven't gotten to meet yet, and I'm super excited to be hanging out with you guys this morning. And man, part of my, I, I just gotta be honest, I have a better job than you. I'm just gonna be really honest with you really fast. My job's awesome. And I get to hang out with all of your uh, middle and high school students all the time. And uh, it is so awesome. And it's so much more than just fun. Uh, man, I've, we've gotten to see Jesus do some amazing things. Just to brag on some of our students uh, really fast. This past Wednesday, we had 13 baptisms in our student ministry, which is awesome. And uh, that makes 20 on the year so far in middle school and high schoolers. So uh, such a cool, cool thing that I get to be a part of and that you guys are a part of as well, even if you've never been on a Wednesday night. So thank you for being uh, such a part of an awesome church. Uh, Hey, man, we are in week three of a series called Eyes on the Shepherd. And it's been an awesome series uh, so far. I've loved it. I've loved getting to walk through Psalm 23 as a church. I've loved getting to memorize these verses and these truths. And uh, man, Ryan kicked us off a couple weeks ago and talked about how in in order to set our eyes on the shepherd, we must first understand how to hear his voice and listen to him. And so that was awesome. And then last week, Stephen talked about anxiety and walked through Psalm 23. And it it was a really awesome thing. And it was so good that we saw so much response and a need clearly as a church for us to talk about and press into the issue of anxiety. Uh, that we decided to actually add another week of this series uh, next week. And so you have a card uh, like this that looks on your seat that says, what if you could be anxious for nothing? And it's got the date and Stone Creek on the back. Hey, this is a great time for you to invite someone to church next week. Maybe a coworker, maybe a friend, maybe someone in your neighborhood. Anxiety is something that surrounds us as a culture. But what if people could learn that Jesus surrounds their anxiety? So come, have them come next week. Um, it's going to be awesome. Hey, I want to start out this morning by asking you all a question, okay? How many iPhone users do I have in the room today? Show of hands. Okay, great, great, great. I'm with you. Now let me ask you a harder question. How many Android users do we have in the room? Okay. I see Android users are one of two people, right? They're either the loudest in the room or they're the quietest. You know, it's just like liking a terrible sports team, like the Falcons, okay, right? You're a Falcons fan. You're either obnoxiously loud to overcompensate for how bad they are or you're quiet and just don't want anyone to associate with you with them, right? It's like in your heart, you know you love the Android, but you don't want anyone else to know that you love the Android, right? Uh, But most of us, the majority of us in the room probably are iPhone users and I have an iPhone but man, if we can be honest this morning, iPhones, they have their downfalls too, don't they? Like they have a lot of downfalls. And uh, I, 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 one of them is maybe a conspiracy theory, but I'll be real. I think it's just truth this morning is that when iPhone, uh, when Apple comes out with a new iPhone, I swear like old iPhones stop working. Y'all with me on this? Y'all been there? Okay. Like I have an iPhone 10 and it barely works. Okay. And it's not because I've dropped it or thrown it in the lake or something. It's just because it's old. Okay. So I have an iPhone 10 and I swear like the iPhone 11 came out and all of a sudden my phone got 11 times slower. Or the iPhone 12 comes out and now the camera doesn't work, right? Or the iPhone 13 comes out and all of a sudden my house is on fire somehow, right? Like Apple is just out to get us uh, and I, I, I can't stand that, that about Apple. Another thing that they do is Siri, right? You all, you all know about Siri? Like Siri never works if we can be really honest with each other about this, okay? Especially with older iPhones. Like I'll tell Siri to play a song by Adele and all of a sudden it's calling Duncan donuts, right? Like it makes no sense. I don't know where she gets these things. It never listens uh, to Siri. And uh, and maybe for you, like you try to 
call someone or you have Siri text someone and like, I'm going to stop there for a second. How many voice texters do we have in the room? This is therapy. Good, good. Okay. We all admit it. This is good. Okay. Here's my first truth I have for you today. I believe it's directly from the Lord. Let it soak into your life, into your heart, and let, let this be an action step for you. I actually made it a screen. Uh, if you were a voice text in public, it's time to stop. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm tired of going to Target and hearing about exclamation points and question marks while I walk down the snack aisle, right, okay? If you voice text in public, please stop. No one wants to hear your punctuation. See, the Apple thought that they'd be inventive, right? They thought they'd be inventive, and just like Amazon has Alexa, they decided, hey, we'll even do something called, hey, Siri. And if I say, hey, Siri, my phone will start responding to me before I I even, like, uh, I don't have to touch it. I could be over here and say, hey, Siri, call this person or text this person. And I tried to do that and my phone doesn't even like work, okay? What happens is the Siri bubble will pop up. It looks like this. Maybe you've seen it, right? The Siri bubble. It'll pop up and you're like, all right, we're getting somewhere. All right, Siri, do this. And it'll just stay like that. All right, Siri, text this person, call this person. Hey, Siri, play this song. Hey, Siri, what's the score of the game? And it just stays like this. And this happens especially when I'm in public, right? And there's other voices that are happening around where I am. See, Siri will hear that I'm talking, but it has no idea how to discern my voice in the midst of the chaos that's around me a lot of the times. And so maybe it hears me, but it never leads to action. Like it never does what I'm telling it to do. And it's super frustrating. And for a lot of us, I wonder if us hearing the voice of God is similar to Siri hearing us. Maybe for us, God will begin to try to speak to us, and the Siri bubble in our brains will pop up and try to process, but there'll be so many other voices around us that we have no idea how to pick the voice of God, discern the voice of God out in order to, uh, to move into action in our lives. But I wonder if when we hear God, it's a lot like Siri hearing us. The bubble will pop up. Maybe we'll get something, but then we, will, we won't know how to process it. We won't know how to discern it. So all of a sudden we go back to our normal lives and think, oh, maybe it was a coincidence. Oh, no, maybe that was just the bad tacos I had last night. That wasn't God. Or we get in these moments of not understanding how to actually discern the voice of God. And we don't know how to hear the voice of God tangibly. Right, maybe like hearing the voice of God is this far off concept for many of us. Like, oh no, only like the true heroes of the faith actually hear from God. But like me, no, like I listen to worship music sometimes. Is that, is that it? Uh, no, I, I come to church sometimes. Maybe that's it. We don't know what it actually tangibly means to hear the voice of God. And because of that, many of us, we believe that God is silent. Many of us may be in a season where we think that God is silent, and then once we begin to think that God is silent, all of a sudden we begin to think, oh, is God not for me? Oh, does God not care? Does God even exist? We get in these moments, and because we don't know how to clearly discern the voice of God, it leads us to doubt in our faith. But if we can be honest, it's really hard to hear the voice of God, isn't it? It's because we live in a culture and a lifestyle where there's so many other voices yelling at us to try to cover up the truth of what God is saying to us. I mean, think about it for a second. Social media, 
It yells at us to compare with others, right? It yells at us, hey, your, your house isn't clean enough. Your family isn't put together enough. You don't have enough things to make your profile look good. Hey, get more followers. Get more likes. It's about you. Or, or maybe for you, it's politics that yells at you louder. And politics will yell at you and say, hey, there's a whole other group of people that believe something different. And not, don't only stay away from them, but hate them. Or maybe the news yells at you and it tells you about how broken the world is and how bad things are going and how we should walk in fear. Maybe it's your career that yells at you today. It yells at you that you need to sacrifice time with family, time with friends, time in the word, time with Jesus, time to get into a group to further your faith in order to get closer to a bigger promotion, to climb the ladders because then you'll have success and then you'll be fulfilled. Maybe for you, it's a TV show. It's as simple as a TV show, but it yells really loud in your life. And you watch this show, and it tells you how your marriage should look, and it tells you how your relationship should look, and it tells you how society should look, and these are the things you should care about, and these are the things that you shouldn't. But we live in a culture and a lifestyle that is loud, and our culture is big, and it's consuming. What we need to know is that so often the voice of God is the opposite. So often the voice of God, the scripture says that he speaks in a still, small voice. See, culture is big and loud. Satan's really good at yelling to try to cover it up. But God will always speak, even if it's in a still, small voice. So what I want to do this morning is I want to try my best to make something uh, like hearing the voice of God that seems such, like a, like such a big thing feel really tangible. What I want to do is maybe help us uh, together learn how to step into the journey of following Jesus in a way where we actually know how to hear the voice of our shepherd. Not like we're walking and running around in chaos in our culture, but where we can actually know, hey, this is what maybe where God is speaking to me. This is maybe where he's calling me. And this is maybe how I can begin to walk in his voice. Because if we can be honest, there's something inside of each of us that longs to hear the voice of our shepherd, isn't there? I mean, it's just like how a son longs to hear their dad say, I'm proud of you. Or a spouse longs to hear their husband or wife say, I love you. Or a mom or dad longs for their child's first words to be mommy or daddy. Or there's something inside of us that longs to hear the voice of our shepherd, but because of the chaos around us, that longing has been unfulfilled for so many of us that we feel distant from God. And what we need to do is, is, is tune into that small voice. Tune into how good our God is because he has good for you and he wants to speak to you. And so what I want to do is we're going to dive into the word and uh, I want to pray as we dive in just for God to speak to us this morning. Jesus, I'm so grateful for you. And God, I pray that as we open your word this morning, Lord, that you would open your mouth and speak to us. Lord, I pray that as uh, we discuss how to hear your voice tangibly, Lord, that uh, us as a church, Lord, we would hear you speak this morning. Lord, we would hear you speak in the car ride home. Lord, we would hear you speak in our bedroom tonight. Lord, we'd hear you speak around our spouses and our kids and our brothers and our sisters. Lord, we would tangibly know your voice and know how to discern it amongst the chaos of our life. Lord, we're so grateful for you, um, grateful for who you are, and it's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. 
See, this morning I want to start out by diving into the word and reading about this guy named Samuel. And I love Samuel because Samuel makes me feel better about all the times I've missed out on the voice of God, if I could be honest, right? I love, uh, that. uh, that's why I love the Bible. Uh, A lot of us maybe have a misconception about all the people in the Bible. If you're good enough to be in the Bible, you were this perfect person and holy of holies in the eyes of God. That's not actually true. Like, actually God seeks after the most broken people to use them for his purposes and so I love that because I'm a broken person and I know now because I read about other people that God does things in their life that maybe he can do something in mine. And Samuel, he misses the call of God over and over and over again. And so that gives me hope and it should give you hope this morning that even if you've missed it over and over and over again, God still wants to show up. And this morning, God still wants to show up in your life and in your circumstances. And so it's, it's good news and we serve an awesome God. And so uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open them up to 1 Samuel 3. 1 Samuel 3. We're going to start out in verse 1. Verse 1 says this. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. It says that Samuel was ministering to the Lord. Consistently ministering. Actually, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, it says it twice that he's ministering to the Lord. And he's ministering to the Lord. And chapter 3 starts out again with him ministering to the Lord. And so, just so you know, if there's something in Scripture that's repeated over and over again, it's something that you should actually pay attention to. Right? It's something that you should look at and go, why, is he keep, why, do, why do they keep writing this? Why, why does this keep showing up? What could this mean for me? And it says that he is ministering to the Lord. So what does that mean? It means that Samuel was consistently, before even hearing from God, going to sit in the presence of God and admiring his greatness. He was ministering to the Lord by getting alone with God and just saying, hey, God, you're great. Hey, God, you're worthy. Hey, God, your name is great and greatly to be praised. Hey, God, you are above anything else. Hey, God, you're above my situation. Hey, you are good. That's it sitting in his presence and admiring his greatness. And I want you to notice the next part of that verse that says, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. So this doesn't mean that God wasn't speaking. This doesn't mean mean that God wasn't trying to speak to the nation of Israel at this time. But actually, in these moments, the nation of Israel was continuously hardening their heart to the voice of God. And this is why, because they turned a relationship with God into this uh, religion, into a corrupt religion. And so I don't know where you came from this morning. I don't know what your background is this morning. I don't know what kind of spiritual baggage you have sitting in your seat right now. But maybe you came from a church growing up that was all about corrupt religion. Maybe you came from a, a church and you believe that God is just this, uh, this, this guy who's sitting up in the sky yelling at you and you have to live by all these right rules or he won't love you. And all you know is this corrupt religion. And can I tell you that the Jesus we believe in, my Jesus, is the polar opposite of that. And can I tell you that our Jesus loves you where you are. He wants to come into your circumstances and have a relationship with you today. Can I tell you, can I tell you that my Jesus doesn't care about religion. He just wants a faithful, intimate relationship with you as his son or as his daughter. That's the Jesus that we serve today. But in this moment, it says that it had been a while since they'd heard from God because their hearts were hardened to God. And Samuel, he longed to spend time in the presence of God. And and this was before he heard the Lord speak. 
Can you imagine if we took that posture this morning, church? Could you imagine that if we just longed to be in the presence of God before we even expected to hear him speak? Hey, I just want to be in your presence, God, because you are great and I am not. Hey, I just want to be in your presence, God, because you know my plans and I don't. Hey, I just want to be in your presence, God, because you are enough and I need more. And I just want to sit with you. Speak when you're ready, but I just want to sit. Samuel, he ministers to the Lord. And in Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13, it says this, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I want you to notice that order. It says, come to me, pray to me, seek me. I hear you, I'm there, and then continue to seek me. And when you do that, you're always going to find me if you're in a posture of faith. You're always going to find me if you're in a posture of expectancy. It says, seek me. Jesus, right now, to you in your circumstance, in your life, he's saying, seek me, even when you feel like I'm distant. Seek me, even when you feel like I'm silent. Seek me, even when you don't know if I'm there. Seek me, and I will meet you where you are. Scripture continues in verse 2. So at this point, Samuel is consistently seeking God. And at that time, Eli, who is Samuel's mentor in this moment, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so he could not see, was lying down in his own place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. So Samuel, he continues to seek the Lord in this moment. And he sought after his shepherd. And it says that he was in the temple, which is like the house of God, the church. He was literally sleeping in the house of God, and he was sleeping next to the ark of God. And if you don't know what the ark of God is, it's the ark of the covenant. And the ark of the covenant in the Old Testament is where uh, the tablets, where the Ten Commandments were stored, and some other really important moments and things of our faith were stored. And it's where, where was to believe the presence of God dwelt was in this Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God's world. So before Samuel even knew God, before Samuel had ever heard the voice of God, he was laying in the presence of God. He longed to lay in the presence of God. And maybe for you, I want, this is a truth that you need to let your heart know this morning, that before Samuel even knew God, he knew to be in the presence of God. Maybe you don't know God this morning yet. Maybe you don't know God as your father or Jesus as your shepherd yet this morning. And can I tell you that before you even know him, your call this morning, your, your moment this morning is to step into just intentionally sitting in his presence. Because I believe that we believe as a church that our God will meet you there. You doubt if he exists, invite him in. See what he does. Invite that he'll speak, or doubt that he'll speak, invite him in. See, all we need to do is we need to simply fight to be in the presence of God. And I'm going to talk in a second about how we can tangibly do that this morning. But the scripture continues in verse 4. It says, then the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. And ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But he said, I didn't call. Lie down again. So he went and laid down. And then the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant 
hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. See, Samuel's lying there asleep in the temple next to the ark of God, and and he hears the Lord say, Samuel, by name. And first of all, I want for you to know that your God knows you by name today. Again, intimate relationship, not corrupt religion. But he's lying there, and he says, Samuel. And Samuel's like, what the heck? Heard my name? I don't see anybody. It must be Eli. So he runs over to Eli. Hey, Eli, heard you call me. And he's like, I didn't call you. Go lay down. All right. He goes and lays down. He's like a dog. Go lay down. So he lays down. Here's again. Samuel is like, what the heck? I got to imagine. I'm saying like, what is happening right now? Like Eli's playing a trick on me. Like he's trying to joke around. All right. So stands up, runs back to Eli. Hey, Samuel. Or hey, Eli, you, you called me. He's like, no, I didn't. Go lay back down. All right. So he goes, lays back down, falls back asleep. Samuel. I got mad. I'm frustrated at this point. I'd be frustrated. I'd be like, Eli, what in the world? So I go over to Eli. Eli, you called me. No, I didn't. And in this moment, because Eli was in the presence of God, he knew that maybe, hey, God might be trying to speak to you. So so go lay back down. And if he says your name again, what I want for you to do is say, speak for your servant hears. Speak for your servant hears. See, Samuel is obedient to go when he is called. And what I want for you to realize is the first three times he doesn't go to the right place, does he? He goes to the wrong place, but with the right heart. See, he's been seeking in the presence of God, and he hears his name, so he knows, okay, I hear a voice, I'm going to go. And he has to continually be corrected to get back to the right place to actually know that that's the Lord. And maybe for us today, we've, we've been obedient to go, but we've followed the wrong call. We've been obedient to go, but we've run to the wrong thing. We've run to, run, run to the wrong purpose. Maybe you find yourself sitting in your seat this morning, and you're like, gosh, I felt like God called me to that job. And I felt like it was where I was supposed to be. But now I'm just confused because it feels like this isn't him. Could it be that you heard a call, and you were obedient to the call, but you ran somewhere else before seeking God first, and so you ran to the wrong call? Maybe for you, it's a circumstance in raising your kids. You thought you handled it right, but... Maybe you just, you went there first, you went to the world first, and it was even with godly intentions, you had the right heart, you were obedient to it, you didn't seek the Lord first, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, if we shift our posture today and seek God first, he would help direct our steps to the calling he actually has for us. See, so often when we talk about the voice of God, what we long for, right, is this audible voice. Wouldn't that be so easy if God would just be like, hey, Ryan, go sit in that chair, you know? Or if he's like, hey, you go over there, go to Wendy's for lunch. You know, he would never say that. But if he, if he did, there's this audible voice we long to hear. But so often what's hard is that's not how he speaks, right? He speaks in this audible, what seems to be an audible voice to Samuel in this moment. And I'm like, I'm jealous. I wish I was Samuel. And isn't it crazy that even in the audible voice, Samuel still got it wrong? And so for us, he might not speak to us in an audible voice, but I do believe that there are three ways he is consistently trying to speak to you this morning. And I want to go through each of them because I feel like if we would just take hold of them as a church, if we would take hold of them as a follower of Jesus, it would change everything. The one of the main ways that Jesus, our shepherd, has given us to hear his voice is the spirit of God. The spirit of God. 
what we believe is that the Holy Spirit is filled by, has, fills those who believe in Jesus. So the moment that you give your life to Jesus, say, hey, Jesus, I want to follow you as my shepherd, as my king, as my Lord, as my Savior. You're filled with the presence of Jesus to live within you, dwell among you, and help direct every step of your life if you allow him to. He's going to consistently speak to you and be with you. And if we can be honest, that kind of sounds crazy, right? Like, I'm just going to acknowledge it, right? Like, if you're new to this and you're the first time ever hearing about the Bible, you're like, what, what fills me? What happens? I follow Jesus and then the Holy Spirit. And if we can be really honest, there's a beauty to how mysterious the Holy Spirit actually is, isn't there? Like, I don't know about you, like, but I don't want to follow and serve a God that my finite mind can fully comprehend. I don't want to acknowledge and serve a God that my, my finite mind go, oh, yeah, there's the box, and that's where God lives. No, no, no. I want to serve a God that I'm like, man, I get to continue figuring you out for the rest of eternity. How cool is that? How big are you? How great are you? And how small am I? It's beautiful. The Holy Spirit is mysterious, and he's available. So when we seek the Spirit, the Bible teaches us that he will guide us and lead us and give us discernment. And as followers of Jesus, there's literally holiness dwelling among us, within us, and we just have to daily seek him and ask, invite him in to where we're going. So there's a couple ways, there's three ways that I feel like we can practically seek the Spirit this morning. The first way is to show up daily and seek him. To show up daily and seek him. This literally looks like getting alone. I'm going to make this very tangible and practical. You get alone, away from your wife, away from your kids, away from your husband, away from your dog, and get into like a closet if you have to. Get alone, set a 15-minute timer on your phone, and put it to the side and say, okay, God, I'm going to sit in your presence this morning. I'm going to get alone. I'm going to get quiet. I'm going to pray to you, and then I'm just going to listen. I'm going to say, just like Samuel did, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Hey, this is what I have going on in my day today. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Just sit. Maybe he'll say something, maybe he won't. It's going to be awkward, and that's okay. It'll get less awkward as you do it more. And then you can look at, oh, this is what's going on in my marriage, Lord. Okay, speak, Lord, your servant hears. Maybe he speaks, maybe he doesn't. And you do this over every area of your life, every thought that you have, and invite the Spirit in for 15 minutes. I mean, 15 minutes, it's the amount of time it takes to play like a round of Candy Crush, right? Like, you can do it. Sit in silence for 15 minutes. Invite the Spirit in. Show up daily and seek him. And the second one is that is going off of that is to invite the Spirit into everything. Invite the Spirit into everything. And this is how prayer works. We already pray a lot, right? Even if we're not people of prayer, we pray. Like, tell me you don't pray when the light is turning red and there's a guy going slow in front of you, right? You're praying that the guy's going to go a little faster so you don't get caught by the light, right? Tell me you don't. Tell, tell me that you don't pray when your kids are going ba- or are behaving badly in public. You're like, please stop. God, please stop, you know? Or maybe you're next to a crying baby on a plane. You're praying for two hours, right, at that point. Or you're just a Georgia Tech plan. You live on prayer. You just live there, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't know. But we're people who pray a, a lot. But, but inviting the Spirit intentionally into our prayer, it changes everything. 
So yes, pray, but then also invite the Spirit into your prayer. And what, you, what that means is, for me, this tangibly means like I'm driving in my car on the way to work, and I'm thinking through my day, and I think, okay, Lord, I have a meeting with this person at 9 o'clock. Hey, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill that place before I get there? Hey, Holy Spirit, would you give me the wisdom and discernment to speak in that meeting? Hey, Holy Spirit, would you go before me and prepare each of our hearts for the conversation we're going to have? Okay, cool. Now I know I'm going to come home, and I'm going I'm to go home, and I'm going to see my fiancé. Hey, Holy Spirit, would you, would you speak to me? Would you speak to my heart and allow me to have uh, patience? Would you allow me to be refilled from a draining day? Hey, Holy Spirit, would you go before and help me care well? Hey, I, I got a hockey game tonight. Cool. Hey, Holy Spirit, would you go in the locker room and make a way for a conversation about you? Hey, Holy Spirit, would you, would you be with me so I don't lose my temper on the ice? <laughs> would, you, would you be there? It's very practically inviting the Holy Spirit into every part of our day. Could you imagine what would change if you would allow him to be there every moment of every day? See, without the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit changes everything. It brings life into everything. Without the Holy Spirit, worship up here, it's just a concert. What we're doing right now is just a weird pep rally. (laughs) The Bible is just a book. Small group is just a dinner party. The Holy Spirit, it changes everything. It brings life and invites the shepherd in. The third thing is to listen to the Spirit's promptings. Listen to the Spirit's promptings. So maybe you're like me, and something's happened every once in a while, and you'll feel this voice inside go, hey, text that person that you haven't talked to in a while, or call that person you haven't talked to in a while, or maybe you're at the gym, and you're like, hey, I feel like this voice telling me to go talk to that guy, but I don't know that guy, so that's kind of weird, so I'm not going to do it. Or maybe you hear this voice and you're like, hey, I'm going to go pay for that person behind me at Starbucks. Or I'm going to pray over that person at Target. And you hear these voices to do it. And then we don't do it because it feels weird. Or maybe we do it and something cool happens. And then all of a sudden we go, oh, what a strange coincidence. How many times have you said that? Oh, what a strange coincidence. Could it be that it was actually the Holy Spirit wanting to use you to change somebody's life? And if we would just listen to these little promptings that could seem ridiculous in the moment, God would do something crazy in our faith, in our lives, in our families, and in our following of him. See, the Holy Spirit maybe is consistently trying to speak to you through these little, still, small voice, but we ignore it because a voice around us is louder. What if we began to respond to promptings this week? Hey, I hear a voice to text that person. I'm not going to question. I'm just going to text them. Maybe it was God. Maybe it wasn't. Then I'm going to pray around it and see if it was. Hey, they they tell me to go pray for that person. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go and I'm going to pray over that person. And in worst case, the person got prayed for and they probably never had before. Right? What if we listened to the little promptings that the Holy Spirit would give us? See, one reason that you might not be hearing God right now is because you haven't done what he's already told you to do. And you're just ignoring it, the little promptings that he's trying to give you. The next way we can hear and discern the voice of God is through the word of God. And this is such a crucial one. See, many times we can ask God questions like, why aren't you speaking? Or what should I do in this situation? Or Jesus, what would you do if you were me right now? Or what do you think about this? Or where, do I, where should I work? Or all these things. And did you know that most of the will of God for our lives is already written in the pages of the Bible? And we just have to read it? This is literally called the word of God because he speaks to you through it. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that, that all scripture is breathed out by God. That's words. He's speaking and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 
We read the word of God because we are able to see the breath of God and hear the breath of God and allow God to speak into every one of our circumstances. That's why, like, even though I've read the Bible multiple times all the way through, it will never get old because God is consistently speaking to me in a new way because he's speaking to me through his word. And the same can go for you. If you've never opened this, you are missing out on the Lord speaking to you in a beautiful way. So I'm going to help you do this very tangibly. And this is, might be a little strange for some of you, but I don't care. Like, there's, on, on the screen right now, we're going to throw up a QR code. I want you to take out your phones. I'm not kidding. It's not a joke. Take out your phones. I'll wait. Take them out. Now you open your camera. I'll teach you if you don't know. Open your camera. Open your camera. Now you point the camera at that QR code. Maybe you need to zoom in a little bit. You touch the screen if there's not a link popping up. And you click the link, and it will help you download the Bible app. There is no greater app that you could have on your phone and have with you at all times of every day. Man, you got stuff that you are going through in your life. You want to hear God speak to you. You You walking through anxiety right now? Cool, there's a plan on the Bible app for it. You, you want trying to figure out how to lead a marriage in a Jesus-loving way? Cool, there's a plan on the Bible app for it. You want to know how to follow Jesus? You're new to this? Great, there's a plan on the Bible app for it. You, you want to learn what it means to hear God? You want to know what it means to read through Psalms? Why do we worship the way that we do? Hey, God, how do I parent the way you want me to? There are plans. And we are just ignorant if we don't look at the word of God and say, okay, God, speak. I know you already have, so let me just go read what you've written for me. The word is alive and active. I mean, God is longing to speak to you. And we say a lot around here that when we open the word, God opens his mouth. And you want to hear God's voice? I mean, the voice of the shepherd is found in the word of God. The voice of your shepherd is found in the word of God. I know so far in this series we've talked a lot about shepherd and sheep, so I'm going to go ahead and add a little train and talk about sheep for a second. When sheep eat, this is a weird fact about sheep, they always look like they're chewing. It's because they are. When they eat, this is kind of gross, they'll eat food, and then they'll swallow it, and then they'll throw it back up, and they'll eat some more food, and they'll swallow it, and they'll throw it back up and continue to chew it and eat it. And it's because they have this weird, whack digestive system that they can't, they have to like chew it forever in order to actually digest the nutrients that their body needs. But this is the same, uh, this, this process is called rum, rumination, if you're, if you're wondering, rumination. But uh, it, it, this is the exact process that we should go through as followers of Jesus with the word of God. We shouldn't read it and then walk away and never think about it again. No, we should read it, then digest it for a second and write it down and pray through it and listen to it in the car on the way to work and then think about it some more and then revisit it at lunch and then chew on it and say, okay, I got some of the truth, but I don't feel like I'm fully there. So I'm going to go home and I'm going to read it again and I'm going to digest some more of it until I feel like I've been able to digest the full truth that you've given to me. The third thing that we can go to to hear and discern the voice of God is the people of God. This is a lot of the times how God speaks to me, to be very honest, is I have some people around me who love Jesus a whole lot and some of them a whole lot more than me. And and I can go around them and they can pray with me and help me discern the voice of God. Because why? Let me be clear. These are people who know Jesus, who are actively reading the word of God, who are filled by the spirit of God, all the things that I've already uh, talked about. And if you're doing that and the people around you are doing that, then I guarantee you God will speak through that. And so maybe you don't have those people in your life. Maybe you've never uh, been able to walk into relationships like that. 
I think we can see the importance of why that's necessary through the relationship of Samuel and Eli, right? Like I said, Eli was Samuel's mentor. And and Eli is able to say, hey, 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 go back over there and maybe God is trying to speak to you. Go sit. Go lie down. Do you have an Eli in your life? Do you have somebody who can, who can uh, man, push you when you need it, who can encourage you when you need it, who can tell you that maybe God is, will show up right here? Hey, stop running that way. God's saying to run that way. Yes, I will join you in prayer. Yes, I will read the word of God with you. Yes, I will sit with you in this. Do you have an Eli in your life? We need people in our lives who help discern what God is saying. See, sheep do life in two different kinds of groups. Sheep do life in two different kinds of groups, in flocks and in bands, okay? Sheep do life in flocks first, which is a group of five to six sheep together. Everybody say, I need a flock. I need a flock. We need flocks, okay? If you don't have a group of five to six followers of Jesus that you're doing life with, maybe that's why you're not hearing God. I'm telling you that he does something special through five to, a group of five to six, just following him and encouraging each other and pushing each other along and, and telling people, hey, this is what I got out of scripture today. Hey, this is what my shepherd's saying to me today. What's your shepherd saying to you? What if you had someone in your life asking you that question? How crazy would that be? Do you have a flock? If you don't, very tangible way, here it is, get in a group. We have them. They're available. All, all it is is a little bit of a time commitment, and you just sign up today. Get in a group. We'll give you a flock to do life with. Sheep do life in flocks. They also do life in bands, and bands are uh, over 100 sheep, so it would be more like the, the, the big group of sheep. And that's what we are here as a church, right? We're a band of sheep. We're a band of believers who come together to worship our shepherd, worship our king, and there's something spiritual that happens in our gathering. Right? That's why this isn't just a pep rally. That's why this isn't just a concert. We believe that when we gather together, the spirit of God dwells in this place in a beautiful way. The word of God comes to life and we're able to hear God as a people of God gathered together. We got to be in a band. And that's why I'm coming to church on a consistent basis is important. Not just so you can get like an Instagram picture or go, cool, I checked that off the list. No, it's because you can come and the Lord will speak to you through a large gathering of believers. I want, us to, I want us to close by looking at how this interaction with Samuel and Eli ends. Eli, like I said, instructs Samuel to go back and to lay down and to wait for the Lord to speak. And if he speaks, then he should say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. And so verse, three, verse 10, it says, and the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. I want you to notice that it says the Lord came and stood. It didn't say that the Lord spoke from above. It didn't say that the Lord gave him a thought. It said that the Lord came and stood. And there's many scholars who actually believe that in this moment, Jesus showed up. In this moment, Jesus stood up and called Samuel by name. Samuel, Samuel, twice. And Samuel's response, speak for your servant hears. Church, Jesus, the good shepherd, is consistently trying to show up in your life and speak to you. And he's calling you by name. 
He's saying, hey, I'm right here. Hey, let me lead you. Hey, let me show you the way. Hey, let me tell you how much you matter. Hey, let me tell you how much I love you. Hey, let me tell you how to navigate your marriage. Hey, let me tell you how to navigate your, your uh, relationships with your kids. Hey, let me tell you how to walk into life-giving friendships. Hey, let me tell you how to walk into a career that feels like so dark and there's no people who follow Jesus. Let me show you how to be a light. Let me walk with you because I love you. He wants to guide your path. And he wants to show you your true purpose. He wants to show you what true freedom looks like. And he wants to show you where your true life lies. And just like Samuel, we need to get our eyes on him. Just like Samuel did, we got to get, our, in our, get ourselves in a posture where we can put our eyes on our shepherd. And we need to get into a posture where we can hear his voice. Because, man, hearing the voice of God, it helps us make better decisions. It, it helps us improve our relationships. It helps us for difficult times. And, and, and it, it fuels us in the great times. It allows us, it allows God to make us better people, better husbands, better wives, better kids, better brothers, better sisters, better coworkers, better neighbors. Sitting in the presence of God, it helps us to know our purpose by creating intimacy with our shepherd. Sit in the presence of God today. Cling to the word, the truth, the life he's given you in scripture. And get around people who will continually push you back to put your eyes on him. Let's be people who hear this morning. Let's pray. Jesus, I'm so grateful for you. And Lord, I'm grateful that you love us. And I'm grateful that you died for us. That you created a way for relationship with us. And Lord, I pray today, Lord, that as we put our eyes on you, Lord, that we put our post ourselves in a posture to hear your voice. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would invite your Holy Spirit into every moment, Lord, that we would be serious about getting into the word of God, that we would surround ourselves with people of God. Lord, if there might be some people in the room this morning who have never accepted you as their Lord or as their shepherd, and so they just feel like they're wandering. And Lord, I pray for them in this moment that you would speak to their hearts and show them, hey, the first step to hearing my voice is just getting in my presence, inviting me in. And if that's you, would you pray this prayer with me this morning? Jesus, I'm inviting you in to my life as my king, as my shepherd. Lord, I believe you died on the cross for me and I believe you rose from the grave so I could have life. Would you lead me for the rest of my life? If that's you, I want you to do something bold just to mark a moment with your king. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands on the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah, Jesus, praise you. Lord, I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful that you are our shepherd, that you guide us and lead us. It's in your beautiful name we pray.